Welcome to Ladies Love Crypto with your hosts, DJ Skis and Dr. Gabriel. Welcome to episode two of Ladies Love Crypto with your host, DJ Skis and Dr. Gabriel. Today we have a very, very special guest, yes. Detroit's own Ingrid LaFleur. Welcome, hey. Ingrid. Hey, how are you? <laughs> Great. It's so nice to have you here in this awesomely sunny, beautiful Detroit day in the Penobscot building here. Absolutely. Um, we're going to touch on just a little bit of news here. And the, man, Bitcoin went off this past week. Wow. And yeah. I heard Litecoin, too. Yeah, Litecoin was going way up. Bitcoin literally jumped 20% in one day. Yeah. Went yeah. from around, it's been Amazing. hovering around 4000 for a while and then just jumped like $1,000 and is up in that uh, $5,000 range now. Yeah. Which, it's absolutely amazing. The winter is over. I know, kind of, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's like spring. Game of Thrones. Right, game, right. right? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's sprung in spring. Um, I actually asked around um, on my, creeping around on my Twitter, uh, some, you know, one of the guys I follow was talking that it, it, there were a lot of international buys and they all just yeah. kind of happened at once, which still mm. doesn't really make know. sense for that big of a jump. But uh, we'll see. Mm. We'll see if it if it holds. It, it looked like it was kind of holding yeah, around there. Holding. So. So that's always big news because obviously when we talk about these altcoins and everything else and the different companies that are working, all the prices are reflected on where Bitcoin is. Exactly. So exactly. That was kind of it's it's been pretty stagnant for a while. Yeah. Um. Also, like I have to, I can't can't do current news without uh, giving a rest in peace to Nipsey Hussle. Man, that was a big loss in the music and hip hop community. Absolutely. Um. And and just such a huge loss for L.A. and and somebody who really championed for his neighborhood and doing, you know, doing good in the neighborhood. Right. He was like he was so much about reaching back and helping his Crenshaw hood that he grew up in where he had invested in a co-working space. It was called Vector 90. Did you yes. guys read up on any of that kind of stuff or did you know? Yeah. So he. Yeah. He he. Um, it was uh, it was called Vector 90 and it hosted entrepreneurs in Crenshaw. And he also and it also included a program called uh, Too Big to Fail which was designed to help locals uh, train and steam. Right, exactly. Yeah, so and, like, that's it's been it. for a couple years, actually, that he's, you know, he had had these going. Not just, a lot of the news kind of focused on his marathon store, the clothing store. Right. Um, but he had all these other, and, and that was supposed to be, like, a bridge between Silicon Valley and the inner city. And straight up, and, and he... He invested in Bitcoin back in 2013. Isn't that amazing? One more thing that he also, his, uh, he had a, a venture capital, uh, like SC, it was called SC Capital Ventures, where he helped finance the refurbishment of LA's uh, renowned World on Wheels. <laughs> so, like, roller, he was 33, right? So, like, yeah, roller skating. Uh, like, roller skating is a huge part of my life, my, you know, roller derby history, yeah. and then the soul skate with Kenny Dixon and all awesome. that. And so, um, you know, Kenny had even said he had just met with him out in L.A., so I don't know if they were working on getting a yeah. soul skate thing going out there. But, um, but yeah, he, he worked on, he, he, well, he funded, helped fund the, uh, you know, bringing back that, like, super famous L.A. Right. Rink, L.A. Right. fixture. Right. Yeah, he got into Bitcoin in 2013. Complex Magazine owner Mark Echo had kind of told him about it, and he was like, bet, and just started yeah. researching the basics. And then invested uh, early on in a coin, a London-based coin called Follow Coin. I, I found a great quote in XXL from him yeah. uh, in regards to the mass adoption of cryptocurrencies. And this, uh, this article from, was from 2016. So he was way ahead of the curve, right? For the record, the resistance is purely political. I don't think that the resistance is organic because the currency is not linked to central banks. It's unregulated. That means a lot for the power structure that exists now. People that's in power, the central banks, these fiat currencies that are traded globally, 
they've got influence over the messaging and the narrative in the media. When you see people on Fox and traditional investors saying, don't invest, don't put your money in these coins, that's not actual financial advice, that's political rhetoric. So this is Nipsey in 2016. Yeah, like, so perfect. Yeah. Oh, that was great. He like summed it up right there. Yeah. So one more. What makes you so confident about the future of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies? He says, I pay attention to politics and technology. Think about why Gaddafi got killed. That has a lot to do with why Bitcoin is working. Gaddafi was trying to get Africa to stop accepting fiat currencies from the United States and Europe. He was trying to get everybody on the gold dinar. They would trade resources with the rest of the world based on that. Bitcoin is the digital version of what Gaddafi was trying to do. The US dollar is not linked to any precious metal. It's a fiat currency. If you look at world history, any country that allowed a fiat currency to exist, the empire felt less than 100 years later, every single one of them. Wow. There's not one exception. So it's an overlapping amount of information that led me to believe this makes sense. It's not just a technology thing. It's something that represents the best interest of the people. These dudes that fucked up the economy in 08, they're not going to jail. And everybody lost their retirement. All these people lost their homes, ended up fucked over. But the people that was responsible, they didn't have any repercussions. So I think that this was a karmic innovation to balance the lack of power that the people had because we can't create currency. We don't own central banks, but we can because of the internet and because of the opportunity that the blockchain created. Nipsey, I mean, motherfucking come hustle. Come on. Wow. Like, come what? on. Rest in power, peace, yes. everything. Yes. Oh my gosh. But I just, I loved when I found that article, I was like, this dude was amazing. But also just a great way to look at cryptocurrency and blockchain in absolutely. general. And he sums it up so simply. Yeah. yeah. So clean and clear. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So he was special. He, he was. was. <sighs> yeah. I'm just now really learning about him. And I'm really appreciating all this wonderful um, stories and mm -hmm. information about his work. Yeah. I'm so glad that people are continuing to honor him and really get it out there what he is all about. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about you. So I have a lovely bio, so I will read this first. So Angry LaFleur is an artist, curator, activist, and Afrofuturist. Her mission is to ensure equal distribution of the future, exploring the frontiers of social justice through new technologies, economies, and modes of government. As a recent Detroit mayoral candidate and founder and director of Afrotopia, LaFleur implements Afrofuturist strategies to empower black bodies and oppressed communities through frameworks such as blockchain, cryptocurrency, and universal basic income. Ingrid LaFleur is currently the co-founder and chief community officer of EOS Detroit, director of Detroit Bank Job, and curator of the upcoming Afrofuturist exhibition, Manifest Destiny. As a thought leader, social justice technologist, public speaker, teacher, and cultural advisor, she's led conversations and workshops in Paris, TEDx Brooklyn, TEDx Detroit, Idea City, New Museum, Afrotech Conference, Harvard University, and Oxford University, among others. LaFleur serves on the board of Just Space Alliance, Powerhouse Productions, and the Cooley Reuse Project. I mean, is that not an amazing bio? I can't believe you read the entire thing. Yeah. That's yeah. important. <laughs> I mean, I think it's super important, though, because I because of the things that you've done in the community in Detroit and also bringing to light this whole concept of blockchain and cryptocurrency um, decentralization to the city. So, yes, we absolutely had to read it. So, welcome. Oh, thank you so thank much you. for joining us today. I'm excited. <laughs> so, Ingrid, how about we let the world know a little bit more about um, the Afrofuturist strategies and 
how that brought you to discovering and working in, in blockchain because I think they very much intersect in a really great way. Yeah. Sure. So Afrofuturism, all into itself, started off, I think, as an arts movement and kind of blossomed and expanded into this cultural movement with really wonderful philo philosophical underpinnings. Mm -hmm. uh, so simply put, uh, Afrofuturism is a way of discussing the black experience using speculative modalities like fantasy and horror and magical realism. Um, we look at the intersection of science and race, technology and race. Uh, we pull from Africa and uh, African and African diasporic uh, mythologies, cosmologies, legends, uh, and it just kind of brings together a lot of the invisible histories that we did not have access to, right? right. Schools didn't teach us this. Yeah. Our culture, our country doesn't really identify or want to even recognize any contributions that come um, from anybody outside. Deleted out of history right. books and yeah. all that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Right? <laughs> totally. So this is a way for us to kind of recontextualize our history um, so that we can kind of grab hold onto all these invisible histories, which kind of reorients our present. Right. And hopefully right. then when we're imagining futures, they're not dictated or limited by what um, this kind of uh, colonial oppressive state in which we're living has always dictated for black bodies. Right. Uh, right. So within Afrofuturism, I've always been wondering how do you, what does it look like when it's in real life? Right, like right. right now it's it represented or it or has been historically just in books and movies and uh, eventually visual art. I was going to say, I just saw an amazing tabletop board game yeah. that's yeah. like funded 5,000% really? on Kickstarter. That's right. all Afrofuture. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I'm going to send it to you. It's amazing. But it's not out yet? Uh, no, it hasn't been produced yet, okay, but it's getting there. Okay, please send it to me. I yes. will. Um, yeah, and it's, so it's growing and expanding um, in, in these really wonderful ways. I kind of forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> oh, no, you're good, you're good. Um, no, this no is I wanted great. to know I wanted to know more about the Afrofuturist yeah. strategies oh, and then how that brings you into blockchain so, and right. discovering so that. So I wanted to know, yes, in real <laughs> life, what does that look like? And, yeah. um, and at the time when I started Afrotopia, there wasn't really um, physical manifestations of Afrofuturism at right, the moment. Right. Um, and people had just started teaching in schools or universities. Um, but yeah, it was Can you give us a timeline yeah. for that? Oh, like yeah, around what is, year? Uh, around the 2009, 2010. Okay, okay so even kind of like right around when Bitcoin was being started, but yeah. not not a household name at all or oh, technology God, no. or term. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. No, yeah, hardly anybody was. Like, Detroit, uh, when I was presenting on it, people were just like, what is, what is, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not surprised. And so when Black Panther reason. came out, they were like, this is what Ingrid's been talking about all oh these years. Gosh, oh, yeah. my God. And it was like, Can we at least make a Octavia Butler book a movie sometime soon, <laughs> too? Right? I know. Like, so yeah. I've heard those, yeah. So. I mean, there's, yeah. It is great how many books. doors that is open, right? right. Yeah, to now exactly. Exactly. finally I mean, kind of you know, seeing more about, like, like you said, right. black bodies so in the art have, form. Yeah, besides me and Afrotopia and, like, teaching youth and um, wanting to look, look at political um, platforms. There are other people who are looking at, you know, how to use it for social justice movements in terms of visioning mm -hmm. and um, creating these like uh, future mapping, I guess you can say, okay. um, and using Afrofuturism in that way as well. So okay. it's been, it's it's definitely come into its physical um, fruition of like how do we use the physical, I mean, the philosophy of Afrofuturism in a real way. Mm -hmm. So that means that you know, um, because we're talking about 
we're centering black bodies here unapologetically. And I believe that in the centering, protecting, and loving, and liberation of the black body, then everyone else is liberated. But the black body can never be liberated until everyone else is. So that's mm. the thing. That's the relationship. Uh, and I do have, you know, white people in my audience sometimes who are just mm -hmm. like, yes, this is. Li I'm here to liberate myself. I think that Afrofuturism is that way. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when I I ran for mayor of Detroit mm -hmm. in uh, 2017. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. starting to feel like a really long time ago. Mm -hmm. oh. Right. <laughs> um, but I eventually decided to propose this idea of creating a universal basic income based on right. a cryptocurrency that exactly. Detroit would create. Exactly. Um, and that's when... Which could still totally happen. Yeah. Totally happen. <laughs> totally happen. People are working on it. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, the blockchain world found me. And Detroit Blockchainers Meetup Group is where... I oh, met yeah. you, Kyle, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, I would just sit at every session completely lost. Uh, <laughs> I'm still sometimes lost if they get too techy, <laughs> but I'm, what is interesting now is if you stick with it, you know, the vocabulary you start right. catching, and right. it becomes really um, exciting once you do understand the tech uh, and, and start going deeper, deeper into the tech, because mm -hmm. you really understand, holy shit, like we are really witnessing history right um if this is a social technological um movement that an economic movement that is just like all in one right. uh, and that's what makes me so excited about talking about it's it. redistributing wealth Absolutely. Yeah. which is clearly very necessary right. for under like underrepresented in um you know, communities of color, for right. sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it more it gives us access and ability to create money and, like, right. wealth, and it, we get to say what's valuable, and we get to see say how things are circulated. You right. know, you can create your own coin and create your own parallel economy if you want to, and I like that freedom, mm -hmm. uh, and, this, yeah, there's a lot of empowering. It's very empowering to, to be able to even have the possibility right i think you also right. I, you're a great ambassador in, in the way that i like that you openly say i didn't know the tech yeah i sat in these meetings and in these spaces <laughs> and was totally lost yeah. but something grabbed you something in that even because we both come from more techie backgrounds right. Right. so like when i started learning about miners and algorithms and stuff i wanted to know like what was that actual math problem right because exactly. that's just how my like super nerdy brain works exactly. and then i start like we were talking in the last episode about watching some of the really basic youtube videos that right. break down the ledgers and stuff mm -hmm. that are great and we don't need to recreate like the wheel in that way with this podcast or mm -hmm. with but but meeting somebody who said I had no idea and I don't come from a tech base but now I'm starting to learn and now that I'm learning it's like wow and also a great way to I, I mean I think also you said where Detroit was so supportive in continuing to help right. you because we said that like as soon right, as we started exactly. showing up to events we were like oh my god the Detroit scene is so great and yeah, they're so welcoming so the loving even though it's there. all men yeah <laughs> so that's and hence hello like, they're so loving to us because we're the only women there but I <laughs> No, but I, I honestly like, but and it's definitely like there are, you know, men of color, too, that are in the bigger, you know, positions, which is super important for Detroit. Um, but I think most of the men in this community understand that if you don't have women in these spaces, if you don't have women in the designing portions of it. Right. 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 It's a hot mess. No, it is. <laughs> and, you know, exactly. So this is the thing that grabbed me and held me 
um, through this entire journey, um, very adventurous, right? Because tech for me is super adventurous. And yeah. now I'm learning about finance even more. Mm. So than before because the finance world is starting to get really excited about blockchain and yes. creating their own coins and shit. So um, just kind of these two worlds that I completely try to avoid. But the one thing that um, surprised me most was that there was a philosophy behind the tech. Mm. That there is a reason mm -hmm. why Bitcoin was created and blockchain was created. The reason why EOS was created, what Dan, Dan Larimar was thinking about a universal basic income when he created EOS. Right. And he was thinking about creating a nonviolent um, government and economic system. Right. That alone was like, okay, now you humanize the whole freaking thing. Right. That just right. feels super. So you telling me about digital ledgers, like, cool. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, but, but like now, but like we're not gonna have blood diamonds. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, like now you can track track conflict diamonds. Yeah, it's like yes, okay, and now I understand. Or the peer to peer situation and the potential of me never to deal with financial institutions that are hating on black bodies constantly. Redlining yes, still redlining. existing today. Tell me about, about it. That. Like you're denied loans. Like, they were just talking about how he just knew with a high credit score he would still not be able to get commercial loan. Yeah. So just like things of you know all of these things make it possible for black bodies to experience a prosperous destiny and that's right. what afrofuturism is all about it's and so I, instead of just always imagining that and experience it through the art i want it to come into fruition today i'm a very impatient person that's <laughs> why i ran for mayor because i was just like we got some good ideas right i know exactly who to put in place to make this pop right <laughs> right, 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 right right you know i just wanted to be the portal for that but yeah you, you know you just Definitely. Absolutely. So since we're talking a little bit about, you know, your engagement with the community, right? We've talked about, um, you know, different, well, I guess we can go a little bit into more detail about blockchain events and um, things like that. Um, also, non-crypto centered events, especially people who don't really understand the tech, because we talked a little bit, um, you talked a little bit about how, hey, I came from a place from, I don't, I don't really understand the tech, right? Um, let's break down some of these terms for, for people who don't understand. <laughs> Uh-oh. I feel like this is about to be like a quiz. Ooh, so no, not really. Not really. I just, I think it's nice to have a different perspective on even some of the basic terms with somebody who's done those kind of events. Exactly. Without it being, getting too techy, right? Okay. Right, right. Sure. So let's start. They're pretty with the basic. First, this first is it. We're not pulling. <laughs> like, a, we're not pulling like, like some craziness. Yeah, out yeah. Of like we'll have Nate. We're, we, we'll have Nate next <laughs> next okay. episode to go through the. Yeah, I'm gonna like text my tech team. <laughs> like, hold on, what is this again? Okay, basic. We'll start off. What is blockchain? Like, just pure definition. Yeah, I like to give the example that was given to me once that it's kind of like a Google Doc that everybody can contribute to. You can see that the contributions, but the difference is that it's immutable. Nobody can change it. That is and a that's great the, analogy. Yeah, and that's the encryption <laughs> in yeah. it, right? And that it's like... And that's, yeah, and, and uh, I think that that level of security, because it's transparent and it's immutable, you know, that's what people and companies are kind of latching onto. And right. that's why supply chain um, entities are really into it. And, yeah. uh, and and it makes it more, when you say Walmart is using blockchain, um, right. they're asking for all their leafy green suppliers to be on this particular blockchain that IBM, I think, has um, worked with them to build. 
so then we don't get those recalls on We just, so we actually talked really about this in episode oh, one, how yeah. they can pinpoint, but yeah. interesting in all the, the daily, like <laughs> yes. the actual uses yes. for blockchain, that was what, instead of pulling all your leafy greens out of all your stores in every state, you can literally say that was the truck that had it yeah. on it. The truck, the person who drove the truck. <laughs> like medications, like, no all that yes. kind of stuff can be used. Well. Yeah, no, yeah. it's really a big deal. And that drives it home. That's something that we can all relate Everybody to. Then I do think that we'll be able to start scanning every product to see where they, they're sourcing things. And so those ethical um, concerns that we have and quality standards, mm -hmm. all of that will hopefully will be on the blockchain for everyone to access. So then right. we, uh, we, the consumer, are more empowered. Absolutely. Right. With, with using that blockchain, then we have the first true cryptocurrency, which was... Um, which we can kind of define cryptocurrency as well uh, in as simple terms as possible. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, it's this wonderful, well, the crypto is cryptography. Um, so it is basically this way of just kind of locking it and securing this kind of digital thing. <laughs> you, it's a block. It is a it's block. It's a block of yeah. information. Like, you should see my right. hands. <laughs> I started going into like miming or something. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> cryptocurrency, I never really had to like define it. I always used, I just use example of Bitcoin and everybody's yeah. like, oh. <laughs> so for someone that has never heard of Bitcoin because all three of us have friends yeah. that are going to listen to this that have never, might, might not have ever even yeah. read a newspaper or seen a, I don't know, a news story in yeah. a while, but Bitcoin, we're. Yeah, it just, uh, and I think, yeah, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency represents a certain value that is agreed upon by those who are, are using it. Um, and that is probably the trickiest part to explain. Because mm -hmm. um, a lot of people go, wait, you can't, I, I, I don't have to buy one whole one Bitcoin whole, no, to invest. No, that's the other thing. You can yeah. buy just, or, that took me years to understand that part, <laughs> that you can only buy like, you know, you, you can, can buy, buy $10 worth of it. Yeah. I uh, didn't understand that because nobody wanted to sit down and break that down for me. Oh, okay. um, but that's yeah. why we're here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and then you have a transaction with a Bitcoin and you have these like big machines that are breaking down the math to basically verify that that the transaction she's explaining is a minor. Yeah, yeah. is right, is valid. Um, and so then you have these groups that that have the big machines and they're competing yep. <laughs> to solve the, the math first and then whoever does gets the money. Woo. Yay! Big and win. so that is a minor, and so that's how I like. <laughs> but yeah, I talk about big machines because if you start seeing servers, people are like, hmm, or like whatever yeah. other necessary machines. Right. There are. Right. And there's entire cities and countries now dedicating their like power structures to yeah. to mining and keeping this ledger um, up yeah. to date and the algorithm right. up to date and. And to the point that now a lot of these coins are trying to find the technology to not have to have miners running all that kind of power because now we're getting into if, if cryptocurrencies are supposed to help solve economic issues in the past by having gold backed, diamond, you know, diamond backed, right. good back, oil backed. Um, now we're kind of recreating yeah. that again by having, exactly. you know, wind and water. You know, they're trying to use more renewable energy. Right, right. Because yeah, there's, I mean, like, towns outside of Seattle, which is by, like, river. It has, yeah, like, a ton of water me, power. Yeah, that question, because it, it does take a lot of energy to run these 
big old machines. Um, but I'm just like, we're at the beginning of it. And you right. just give us a second, just like right. cell phones. You remember how big the cell phone was? Oh my gosh. It was like half our body size. <laughs> and then, you know, and now it's right. this like tiny slick thing that slides out my hand constantly. Right. And they can read my face. Uh, so, right. you know, it's, uh, you know, you just got to give it a second. Right. And that's all that right. I can say. And right. I think it's worth it. Exactly. I think it's worth us pausing and probably making the sacrifice for sure yeah for yeah. sure i i do want to bring up another term because you mentioned and talked about this philosophy right and a lot of people when we talk about decentralization don't really even understand what that means so from your perspective what does that mean um in terms of cryptocurrency blockchain how does that how does that all relate yeah, decentralized. Uh, we usually are thinking. Um, I think our, I'll say, a good example are the central banks that are controlling um, the flow of money. Right. And uh, then when you decentralize, that means that uh, there is no central entity that can um, exclude you from participating. Exactly. Um, and you know, create any sort of redlining or anything, <laughs> right? Uh, so what that then also means that the people are in power. Right. And decentralization can look like a whole bunch of things. Uh, but one thing for sure is that it is an ecosystem more than like the like a one entity. Okay. And that ecosystem, you know, is made up of the people who are participating and everybody has a say, a voice in how that thing is operating. Exactly. And so you'll see decentralization um, tactics in all types of companies that are trying to like empower smaller businesses so that, that right. they can be part of a larger ecosystem and we can pool resources and, and then you have d distributed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is a little different. Right. Um, which is, you know, I think decentralization, there is some sometimes a central point that then everything spans out exactly. from and that and distributed is just like it's all everybody everybody <laughs> yeah and Woo. i think the fact that you know the the elders they were saying they would ask me about blockchain technology and they're saying that like okay if we decide to come into this space and do work that is um economic justice work that creates um, systems that empower black bodies, how do we know that they're not going to come for us yet again exactly. and shut it down, they being government? Right. Um, and so I was like, well, it's because the ledgers on so many different uh, – I just said computers. It's, right. or it's backed the, up yeah. in so many yeah. ways, yeah. And all over the world um, that, you know, if, it, if someone tries to target the Detroit station, for instance, then and blows us up and, you know, we no longer have access to that blockchain, somebody else does. Right. And so it it's always stays secure. Right. Um, and and it, it becomes impossible to shut down. You would have to really be a really good hacker at that point. And we just haven't, you know, had that um, experience yet. Well, and right. it having the technology That's having right. been around for 10 years, they're yeah. even getting so much more advanced with stopping any kind of hacking and right. the security. Exactly. So. Even more yeah. so. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Agree. Right. Which is Agreed. great. Agreed. So another, let's talk a little bit about maybe altcoins, right? We talked about bitcoins, but let's talk about what is an altcoin? Oh, uh, <laughs> I've never had to define this before. <laughs> but you work for, I mean, but you're, so, oh, you like work. My mom is like, right. <laughs> <laughs> we get mom in on, mom in on the podcast. Uh, you know, in my mind, I, I look at 
Right. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah, an alternative coin. An alternative coin. Yes. But that's what. But how again, I you work it, for then, EOS, so there yeah. is not EOS. So, uh, yeah, EOS. Yeah. Do, you, do you guys prefer EOS versus EOS, EOS or EOS? Okay. I use it interchangeably. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, right. Great. The, re the reason I saw this is just because it was just like, uh, is there a deeper definition right, <laughs> that right. I don't, I don't have? But no. but they would be considered an altcoin. Yeah. So yeah, if so, are, yeah. yeah. From that perspective, I guess yeah. is what you know. Yeah. And we could talk a little bit about EOS. But in a we minute. don't call it. We don't really say that. All coins? We won't no, say. No, we don't use that term about ourselves. <laughs> we're, we're EOS. But for people we're that want to, I mean, we don't, we don't, we always say, you know, we don't give um, financial advice. This isn't a financial advice show by any means. But for people that get into the space and do want to, you know, invest in ways, um, it is kind of an important term to know because a lot of the exchanges where you go to buy the coins only allow you to buy like the majors, the top, you know, three or four, the Litecoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin. Right. Um, so these are technically defined as altcoins at that point that you would have to go find an exchange that allows you to buy altcoins. And there's also some like 5,000. And they, um, yeah, but they also one. represent, yeah, but, but what they are is they're the currency of certain companies, right? right? So like you have a white paper where your white paper is another term that we're kind of, you know, defined or thrown out there where as a company, I'm, I have an idea for a cryptocurrency, right? Like it might be that it's going to, looks like community garden I'm starting like it's going to be the currency where people buy the vegetables at my garden right so I create a name for the company and then I put the uh, basically operating agreement more or less is the white paper right like how it's going to be operated what what's my timeline for terms. when I have yeah wh what are the terms where I'll have a d app what my coin is going to be valued versus bitcoin la 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 um, and then eventually if I get funded, then I become, and, and, and then a exchange picks up my coin. Now I'm being traded as an altcoin. So it really, I mean, it is a community, it, it is at the end of the day, like backed by that currency that you have, right. you've, you know, allotted to it or whatever. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so it, I mean, I, it is a term that if you're getting into investing or looking into even maybe, um, helping a company get off the ground or helping a community yeah. currency or something, right. you might hear it thrown yeah. around. I don't, uh, so I don't talk about investing. And when I talk, I only speak about EOS, Bitcoin, and Ethereum. Gotcha. I keep it really, really, really simple. Um, and I only talk about transparency, data ownership, and peer-to-peer. Mm. And so I, I, I'm trying to make sure, that is always the question about like, how much do you teach when people know nothing? Right. Uh, and how much information do you give? And so I do give a, a glossary of terms that people can, can go f with. But in terms of the way that I teach, it's very, very basic because right. I, I want to make sure that um, the intimidation factor like kind of goes down. For sure. And then I'm not, I feel very uncomfortable talking about any sort of investing. At all, that makes right. like I don't, yeah, I don't, I yeah. don't even get into exchanges or anything like that. Right. Cool, um, right. because it's uh, that that makes me feel uncomfortable, and I'm working in a lot of lower income spaces. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, this is going to go into my uh, kind of my next question as well. But yeah. I remember you posting about how people felt about having uh, Bitcoin ATMs in the gas stations in your neighborhood. When you brought when you brought up that question, some of the answers were were kind of interesting, and I don't know if you were as deep into the blockchain space as you are now. But is that a way to get people more interested in it? Where do you see Detroit's place in the future of blockchain? Obviously, it's not ATMs and gas stations by any means. Right. Um, but how do we get more of these, you know, more people involved and more people learning about it? I think uh, so. Uh, at EOS Detroit, we're deciding to take the strategy of creating. Um, or 
trying to find a point of sale system, I think is the best way of putting okay. it. Okay. Okay. Uh, that local businesses can adopt so yeah. that people who do have the coin can any coin. Um, we're hoping for, of course, EOS to be part of that yeah. list. Um, that they can finally use it in their everyday life. I think that that's what's missing. Right. When I have conversations, uh, public conversations, that inevitably somebody's like, but where do I use it? Right. And someone will say some weird techie site that everybody rolls their eyes, like, come on. So, <laughs> right. like, I don't you know, yeah or, yeah, or or even something that is that requires still a level of hand-holding in terms of entering. That's the problem right now. Okay. It requires so much hand-holding right. to understand and participate. Um, right. So that's causing definitely an issue. But um, we think that if we can have local businesses accept Bitcoin oh, and um, yeah. and some of the other coins, then that can bring it to reality. And then For I sure. think people would want to like participate more. Right. Definitely not into Bitcoin uh, ATMs. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Or Just for the record. Or the Bitcoin stores. <laughs> I'm still not into you know? them at all. Yeah. Yeah. And on Six Mile, have That's you seen what, that? Well, I, I live close. Yeah. Area. It's right at the lodge and so, lodge and Six or no yeah. Livernoy. Uh, it's, it's it's Six Mile and, and Livernoy. It's Livernoy. right yep. there on the corner. Yeah. It's like a Bitcoin exchange store. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. It's a Bitcoin. It looks so shady. It it it. Just kind of does not. Make all right, that'll sense. be an episode. We're gonna go right. see what they're all about. <laughs> like, we'll take some mics in there and hang out. This was actually in the blockchainers uh, um, Slack as oh, well, okay. and I mentioned, you know, so there was some back and forth. Actually, I had some dialogue with some of the people in the group um, because it just kind of doesn't make any sense for it to be there because it's next door to a Coney Island, a Metro PCS across the street from McDonald's, and then on the other side of the street is U of D. So it's kind of like why, how, you know, do people even understand what this is? Who's going there? Yeah, I want to stop and ask. Yeah. For sure. Because I ask people about the Bitcoin ATMs yeah. when I go into stores. And they're like, yeah, people use them. Apparently, you can also pay your bills through it. So it's not just about Bitcoin. Because hmm. um, it's apparently. similar to other, I mean, the 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 fees are outrageous, right? <gasps> like the exchange outrageous. fees. Yeah. yeah. So and I, I mean, issue. I guess if you had like a friend and an, I mean, people might be using it to send it to friends or what the old school Silk Road type stuff. But yeah, but I in that know. community, who is doing, you know what I mean? Right. You know, Absolutely. there might be some college students who might be doing it, but that just it seems out of place. And it seems like, like you said, a little a little shady. But I haven't I haven't been in there to actually converse with any of the owners or anything like that. But it just I doesn't think, make sense. Yeah. And then I think in terms of people learning and like the in terms moving forward uh, I, I really would love Detroit Blockchainers group to kind of expand or you know there's Detroit Blockchain Center a nonprofit group right. um, that does education work and is trying to create a certificate um, so that people um, are definitely skilled and, and can use that you know that would be great for businesses yeah. too if for you sure. had like a newer yeah. brick and mortar and you wanted yeah. to incorporate it exactly so i you know there there's more and more um workshops uh, in development and and more events uh in development that's really gonna i think start shifting uh detroit i really would love detroit to be the first major city with widespread adoption of crypto um, and I would love to see what that would look like. And I really do hope that 
each person who's using it does have some understanding of blockchain technology. But right. but I think also the more than anything, it's just like, hey, this might disrupt your industry. You just need to right. know about blockchain. Well, and also how many people know exactly how cash works? Most Nobody. people don't. <laughs> right? So, like, we, we, we do get a little so caught up in being like, well, do you know the tech? Not necessarily caught up, but... If if you ask somebody like, well, do you know how your money is, is, is you know, because a lot of people say, well, how, is it safe? Well, you go use a credit card every day, or you go put your money in your bank. Do you know who's backing it? Do you know if it's exactly. insured? Do you it's know any not of that? Safe. It's not safe. By the way, just <laughs> FYI, it is not safe. So okay, so we're talking about this Bitcoin store in the middle of <laughs> <laughs> the west side, northwest side yeah. of Detroit. That seems a bit out of place, right? But. Mm -hmm. What do you see as kind of the ideal strategy or strategies for black and oppressed people to overcome hardships using blockchain or even seeing that widespread adoption of blockchain? Yeah, my favorite tool um, right now that I think different groups around the world are experimenting with, but I'm looking to see how that works on a, in a very hyper-local way, are DAPs, Decentralized Autonomous Communities. Mm -hmm. uh, this is where I get super excited because literally it's just a tool to help organize um, a group of people with a shared vision. Uh, so I call them digital cooperatives. Okay. Uh, and you make the decision on who is administra administering things. You can vote on different issues about the token that you want to create and how it's circulated, when and where and why, mm -hmm. what to do with inflation, things of that sort. You can also have transparency on the work that's being done, but also like the money um, aspect of things at, in terms of like what's in the treasury and like, you know, how are things going to be used or allocated and, you mm -hmm. know, budgets or things like that. So there's... It just really, I think, helps any community initiative, quite honestly. And I just want to, I can't wait to see more experiments and how DACs are being used um, for these, like, kind of smaller initiatives. We see that, like, EOS DAC is a global initiative, mm -hmm. and, and it, well, not an initiative at all. It's a block producer. Um, and so it's a great example, if you look at their dashboard, of what a DAC could look like. Right. Um, and yeah, and what it means to be a member. Um, so yeah. that kind of goes right into your, go ahead and talk a little more about your work with uh, EOS, or EOS Detroit yeah, and right. your role. We are creating a decentralized autonomous community to support a mesh network that's going up all over Detroit. Um, thanks to the Equitable Internet Initiative. Yes. Right. I talked about how much I'm into getting mesh networks. We yeah. as well, yeah. all the way up into awesome. Highland Park and further yeah. north. So it's technically a point-to-point -point system, and that means that someone has an um, internet and an antenna on their, uh, on their house, and that uh, signal is bounced to another antenna maybe a block away. And then people in that tiny area have access to the Wi-Fi. So in one neighborhood, you might have over 50 homes that have these antennas. Um, and this is a way for, for people, lower-income neighborhoods, to have access to better quality internet um, Hello. <laughs> uh, at a higher <laughs> speed um, and at a lower cost. And that's, those two things are just super important if we really want Detroit to like move into the future. Wow. Uh, 
so even just with community engagement it's really hard and government services when we literally just don't have mesh yeah a mesh network built underneath the city yeah 40 percent of detroiters don't have access to broadband come on like that's insane so what are we supposed to do how are we supposed how are we supposed to revitalize exactly (laughs) produce any sort of prosperity uh so this deck that we're imagining um would create a complimentary currency that we could use to pay, um, that people in that area would use to uh, pay for access to um, that Wi-Fi. Uh, And then that would help the person who's generously kind of letting, you know, having the antenna and the maintenance of and access to the internet, they can pay for that with that uh, token. We also want local businesses to have that token uh, to create this like kind of parallel economy and just kind of see we're, we're looking right now to to see where we can start and pilot the program um, cool. itself okay. and that'll keep that and money in within that system and it, it keeps the spending dollar yeah, I mean we haven't token economics is uh, we're trying to figure it out mm-hmm. we're, we're trying to make sure that it has value but the you know the value is kept by the token holders and mm. it doesn't get like kind of spread everywhere else mm-hmm. um, if we were to air we want to airdrop the token but if we want to airdrop it you know to uh, quick quick gonna quick ask. time check explain airdrop because oh. that's probably airdrop. a new term for most of our <laughs> listeners <laughs> sorry so airdrop is uh, basically when you already have a wallet. So you would have to have, um, usually like people would have a scatter wallet for EOS. And um, a wallet is going to be your digital your digital space where your, your token storing. is kept. Yeah, yeah storage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that you have on your desktop. And, um, and, and definitely you kind of need someone to help you. <laughs> it's not the right. easiest thing to set up. <laughs> and I mean, even me, for someone who does know tech and behind it it was it, it's not the easiest and different coins have their own wallets and then yeah exactly so that's exactly. another way to get it out there though is to help ingrid's been doing that in the community is helping yeah. people set up their wallets yep. yeah so that's great Absolutely. with their scatter wallet and so when you have um a wallet you will just all of a sudden see other tokens um from it could be anywhere <laughs> right. um, of maybe different dApps, decentralized applications that are uh, launching. They will kind of airdrop their tokens and hope that, you know, you use it because it's the market that kind of basically gives it value. Mm-hmm. Right. Cool. Do you have any upcoming events that you'd like to let our listeners know about? Yeah. yeah. April 26th, we are having a conversation um, around the future of food. Uh, looking at food, farming, and blockchain. Uh, yes. Uh, Where's yeah. this at? Oh. At Red Door Digital. Okay, yeah. Uh, and Address, it's on Oakland, right? <sighs> yeah, I don't know off the top Okay, of it's on Oakland, <laughs> like, it's on Oakland right before, uh, or just north of uh, the boulevard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, yeah. And we'll really we'll put the address in, okay, um, cool. in, <laughs> the, in the podcast info. Yeah. Absolutely. Which so is very near Oakland Farms, <laughs> Oakland Avenue Farms, which is an incredible urban farm that we yeah, have in the city. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, it's one of my favorites, and I do a lot of work over there with them. Um, But, yeah, so I'm very excited to really talk about, like, the the food supply chain that we just talked about, uh, making sure that people understand that uh, and understand where we are in terms of uh, the food justice movement. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I will have an activist on the panel who is not necessarily – tech savvy or have an understanding of blockchain and I, I kind of like doing that just to round out the conversation so mm-hmm. it's not pure tech right. that you're understanding 
where the tech um, is being used and how that's affecting like a larger justice movement, like very social justice oriented. Uh, and also, hopefully, that will attract more activists to come into the room so that All they right. learn about the tech because I really, really want them to to have an understanding themselves. Yeah. Right. It's a great it's a great space to be using for this sure. technology for sure. For sure. All right. Well, thank you so much. Yes. I think you have like definitely expanded our listeners, uh, vo- you know, just understanding of this whole space, which is awesome. Um, and taking for your time today to come up here. Ingrid and I probably were in a million spaces together before we were actually formally uh, introduced. But um, as a DJ, I also put mixes on at the end of this podcast. So I have a couple. Yeah. Uh, we've got a couple couple music questions for you, too. Just off the top. I'm definitely going to fail this. You're going to oh, fail it? Why? Uh, I don't know if I know my music well enough. Oh, no, no, no. no it's not like a like trivia. Yeah, it's like we want to get a feel for what your oh, yeah, music like, tastes and like. Yeah. All right. So let's say you have a lot of guests that come in from out of town, right? Like you bring in different artists here. So you have someone who's never been to Detroit, picking them up from an airport. What album or song are you putting on? I'm listening to a whole bunch of uh, Moonchild. And then Cardi B Money is my favorite song right now. But to like, but to, <laughs> but <laughs> I like first of all, I like Moonchild yes. and I like Cardi B. Yes. But to like represent Detroit, like you have someone who's never been in the oh, city and you're coming I, into I, the oh, city. I missed that. Part That's okay. Because you're, you are getting in my car, so I am going to play my music. But, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, for sure. If I were to think about, yeah, I always put on the radio. I just put on the radio, literally. That's such I, a great answer. Yeah, okay, so, the, but which yeah. station? I mean, not, all, uh, I all like of them. I to go through all of them to show off how many black, you know, radio Can I just say that DJ Fingers have. was killing it on 92.3 the other day, like, doing all old, like, jit, ghetto tech, booty. What? He played disco, like, rock freak. He played GQ. I was like, Disco Nights. I was so excited. Wow. Anyway, that's amazing. an amazing answer. I yeah, wouldn't yes. have even thought someone would yeah, kind of brought that up. Yeah. All right, what's the best <laughs> What's the best live show you've ever seen? See, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> Too many? Well, no, I don't. I don't do a lot of concerts, just to be clear. Uh, <laughs> I mean, best so, DJ set you've seen so, or something. Um, but I saw Bryce Detroit. I uh, perform a couple of songs on his upcoming album, and that was great. I really, really enjoyed oh, wow. that. Yeah. So and that's, that's a good... That's pretty recently, right? Yeah, it's very recent. For sure, and if yeah. you've never gotten up a, on... He's a great performer. Yeah. He's pretty amazing. Awesome. All right, so you know the, the general, um, the like, if you were stranded on an island and you could only take 10 records with you type question? <laughs> but no, I'm not asking you for all 10 of them. <laughs> I met Ingrid through music. I've seen you at Sample, like you were at Sample Detroit with Dez, like, and Dez was up there spinning in other places. I thought you were always out at music stuff sometimes. <laughs> anyway, everyone on our podcast are getting are getting okay. assies anyway. Okay. So okay, so you have these ten albums that you can are the only ten albums you can live with for the rest of your life, right? I'm not asking you for all ten of them, but what's one that would really surprise us? Surprise you? Yeah, yeah. just or, or that would like that someone wouldn't think that yeah. you would have in like, that in that let's say it was a in your repertoire. And they didn't know. <laughs> um, or just someone or or an album that you cannot live without that you want to put somebody else on to because it might be might not be as say, famous or something <laughs> right. as well I'll just known. Say this. I would I really oh god that's really hard. Can I just name? The, the Go for it, and you don't okay. even have to. You don't have to be specific. Yeah, I, I doubt this will surprise you, though. But I definitely wait. So you do have all ten? <laughs> She's about to name. No, she's got I don't her think hand I up. have all ten. 
But, but you have I love some it. key ones where well, I you absolutely, absolutely. All right, yeah, go, I shoot. Mean, we got them. I love Bjork. There's a couple of albums. Mm. I'm not which ones, but there's a couple of Bjork albums that I absolutely love. I really awesome. love Sade. Yes. I'll, everything. Ooh. So just everything. <laughs> so that, that's probably my 10. <laughs> there you go. I love it. All Sade and all Bjork. Yeah. Bjork, I wasn't expecting Bjork, but I Bjork is like, oh, yeah, homogenic. I forget about it. That, but hey, all right. I love Bjork. And this one's easy because it, it's just an easy question. What's the last thing you and your mother listened to before you walked into the studio? What were you listening to? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Babel Gilberto. That's amazing. That's amazing. Tell us a little bit yes, more about I'm that. I'm not familiar with <laughs> oh, this, this um, musician. What's his name? Zhao Gilberto? Her father was a, an amazing. Um, oh uh, my gosh! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she did a wonderful um, Bossa Nova. Bossa Nova. Yeah. She did a Bossa wonderful mm-hmm. rendition she, that I know of of Night in Tunisia. Okay. Yeah. She is the daughter of this famous Bossa Nova musician, yeah. and uh, she does this kind of contemporary version of Bossa Nova. Yeah. It's really beautiful, and it's great in the morning. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Yes. I didn't mean to like throw you for a bunch of <laughs> loops there at the end, but uh, but awesome. you made it through just okay. Still yeah. awesome. You know, I think you get a better. T- I you. think you get a better feel for kind of who people are by by what they're listening yeah, to. Absolutely. And that was super. Uh, those were great. To be honest, I listen to Pandora. That's why I'm just like, oh crap. <laughs> oh. I listen to Pandora. To okay. So what's your Pandora it? station then? Yeah. Oh, Katranada and Moonshot. Yes. See, there you go. <laughs> I can't I mean, take I can't on. take that album out of my rotation. The Kitchenado one, so incredible. Yeah. He's dope. All right. Well, thank you. We're gonna thank wrap it up. Uh, that's episode two with Ingrid Lafleur. Yeah, ladies love crypto. All right. Cheers. Thank you for having Cheers. me. Thank you for tuning in once again to Ladies Love Crypto. Listen, subscribe, contact us, leave your reviews wherever you find your podcast. Google Play, iTunes, Spotify. Podbean. We're out there. You can find us if you have any guests, suggestions, any ideas that you need us to further research, any questions that you have for us. We would love to get your feedback. You can also find us elsewhere around the web at Ladies Love Crypto Podcast for both Instagram and Facebook, at LLC Podcast Twitter, at Crypto Skis for myself, at Crypto Dr. Gabe for the doctor. And if you like old school email, that works too. Ladies love crypto podcast at gmail.com. Gotta give my weekly shout out to all the assistants we get behind the scenes. DJ Dez on Drez for our amazing intro outro. Mags for all your help. Nick Speed for the studio in the beautiful Penobscot building downtown. Uh, taking the vibes we got from that that whole setting, uh, you know, old home of WJLB and the electrifying mojo. And also Ingrid mentioning that when she brings guests into town, sometimes she just simply plays the radio because we have such amazing talent that still plays live on five or six different stations. So I got a little D- Detroit ghetto tech, booty, funk, soul kind of mix coming up, electro. Uh, it's that jitten music. My friend's son also just recently had a birthday, so I made him this mix. It's clean so that him and his friends could uh, throw down to some really classic stuff. Elwood's Revenge. Play your haters in this house.
this house if you see him point them out play a haters in this house point them out point them out play a haters in this house if you see him point them out play a haters in this house if you see him point them out play a haters in this house if you see him point them out play a haters in this house if you see him point them out play a haters in this house if you see him point them out play a haters in this house point them out point them out play a haters in this house if you see him point them out if you see him point them out point them out point them out play a haters in this house if you see him point them out play a haters in this house if you see him point them out play a haters in this house if you see him point them out play a haters in this house point them out point them out play a haters in this house where my pimps at where my dogs at where my hustlers at where my players at where my pimps at where my dogs at where my hustlers at where my players at where my pimps at where my dogs at where my hustlers at where my players at where my pimps at where my dogs at where my hustlers at where my players at where my pimps at where my dogs at where my hustlers at where my players at where my pimps at where my dogs at where my hustlers at where my players at where my pimps at where my dogs at where my hustlers at where my players at where my pimps at where my dogs at where my hustlers at where my players at where my pimps at where my dogs at where my hustlers at where my players at where my pimps at where my dogs at where my hustlers at where my players at where my pimps at where my dogs at on the float on the float where my hustlers at on the float on the float where my players at on the float on the float where my pimps at on the float on the float where my dogs at on the float 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 on the
hesitation I can deal with that situation I don't care about my reputation Give me a freaky kinky nation That's also female population I can deal with that situation I don't care about my reputation I'm not Egyptian love, I say the sea Senior, it's not just a name It's an adventure I mix so fast I scratch so sweet It's not another DJ
Crazy place. 